Well, praise the Lord and good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to be with you today. Grab your Bibles, get ready. We're going to travel through some scriptures today concerning the glory of God. This series that we began three Fridays ago is uh, titled The Cross and the Glory. And we're excited about what the Lord is showing us here for this last day's church. And, and uh, we are the last day's church. We're the we're the last few moments of, of the church, of, the, uh, of this church age. And we're going to see some phenomenal things in our, during our lives if we stick around any longer. Uh, times that look horrible are coming. Everybody's wondering why. Uh, just all, uh, everything's, uh, you know, falling out of place. But in really in the plan of God, everything is falling right into place. Everything's not falling to pieces and falling apart. In all reality, everything is falling into the alignment, falling into place for what God's plan is for this last a few moments in this last hour that we're living in. So uh, we need to uh, make sure that we're on board and that we're walking with the Lord. We're not just living in some past mindset of what uh, uh, we had at one time with the Lord. And we also, as we'll talk about this morning, we concerning glory, we, we don't just need to be limited in our mind to glory being that which is something coming. Oh, it is something coming. We're going to have glorified bodies. We're going to be in a glorified place. We're going to be living and walking in a place where there's no, no sin, no tears, no fears, no crying, no dying. Nothing. The Bible says the former things is, are not even going to be remembered. Now, that's a powerful statement. But that's what the Bible says. But we've been talking about the cross and the glory. And, and, and we're going to dig into that a little bit more today. And I believe the Lord is going to show those who are on board in what He's saying and doing in these last, last few moments of this, uh, let me say, this church age, which has become very, very apostate, very make-believe, pretend, assume, presume. Uh, I know people get tired of the warning. That's because they don't see the need for it. And if you don't see the need for warning, uh, then you're the ones that have the need of it. And so that's really just the way it is. Uh, once you see what this relationship with, with Christ is really all about in this life, you're going to start learning just how narrow the way really is. You'll be accused of trying to make it more narrow than it really is. You, you'll be accused of all sorts of things just like Jesus was. All the prophets were. John the Baptist. Uh, very, very few people on the planet have ever just humbled themselves and walked in the way of righteousness. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. It, it is a fight to the finish. The battle belongs to the Lord. The faith belongs to the Lord. The glory belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. And the quicker we understand that, the better off we'll be. And this life is really just for one thing. All the other things, we've made it. But it's for one thing. It's learning that Jesus is all we've ever needed. He's 
all we will ever need. For all things are from Him, for Him, by Him, and through Him. And we'll return to Him, every knee bowing before Him, every tongue confessing Him as Lord. That's coming soon in the days, very soon in the days ahead. So today we'll talk more about the cross and the glory. And uh, before we dig in, don't forget the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. We have four books on there that you can order, commentary type books. Uh, full of scripture. That's all we're really excited and interested in. You know, wisdom of words mean nothing to us. What we're after is the word of wisdom and that's the word of God in the context of the cross for only there comes the wisdom of God through the preaching of Christ and Him crucified. That's what the Bible says. I'm glad to be one of the last days Bible believer. Not say I believe. I'm a Bible believer. Don't bring arguments to me without Scripture. Let's, we're not going to sit down and talk about the Lord without the Bible. We're not going to sit down and discuss uh, the spiritual things of God without the Bible. We're not going to do it. And when we open that Bible, I promise you it's going to bleed red. It's going to be a river of blood pointing back all the way to Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad to know that today. Hallelujah. Again, don't forget about the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. There's the Psalms 119 commentary, the Let's Talk About Righteousness booklet, uh, and Proverbs chapters 1 through 5. I received the initial uh, copies for the last uh, avenue, the last uh, uh, editing and of, of seven more uh, books uh, and, and uh, commentary writings that are probably going to be printed next week or the week after, and I'll let you know when they hit the website. And uh, but there's other CD preaching series and uh, on the website. And don't forget, you can watch everything we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson. 316. Every morning around 7, 7.30 I post on my Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page and the Pastor Curtis Facebook page Scripture as it's always related to Christ the living word, the one who the volume of the book is written of concerning him and what he did at Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. Let's dig in this morning on this 20th day of May 2022 part 3 of the cross and the glory. The Lord is going to impart wisdom today through the truth that we allow Him to place into our hearts today. The new covenant is all about God having a people that He could put His words in their hearts and write them in their minds. How much of God's word are you allowing Him to write in the tablets of your heart and mind that is the new covenant experience. Hallelujah. How much of are you missing out on the new covenant experience? How many Christians do you know that are missing out on the new covenant experience and never forget the most important thing? The only ink that he uses to write the words in our hearts and our minds is the precious blood of Jesus. It is the only thing that God uses to apply his word to our hearts. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. The blood must be applied to the doorpost. Every word of God we live by because it points to the Lamb through which we find life in His blood. Hallelujah. We never let go of Calvary. We see it more so as the day approaches. The Bible says that the path of the righteous, that means the way of the cross, shall shine more unto that perfect day. That's Proverbs 4 and 18. Never forget that. The way of the cross is shining more for those who are in that path. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The way of the cross is shining more for those who are in that way. Those who begin to venture off of that way, they're recognizable. They're recognizable. We know them by their fruits. We know them, the fruit of their words, the fruit of their sermons, the fruit of the fruit of their lives. We know them by their fruit. We also know those who have this like precious faith who the Lord has, has declared in this last few moments of this church age, again, which has grown more apostate than ever before, but He is still declaring who is on the Lord's side. And they come out from among all the religious, all the schemes of Satan, all the fleshly carnality schemes of men, the wisdom, the, the wisdom of words. They come out from all that and they gather around the place of sacrifice. God says through uh, the writer of Psalms, gather together my people who've made a sacrifice with me. Hallelujah. We gather around the cross of Christ and the more we become determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, the more God will show us His covenant. The Bible says in Psalms 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and He shows them His covenant. Those that He's showing His covenant are declaring His covenant because we're only declaring what He's writing in our hearts and we might be declaring something other than what He writes in our hearts. We need to be very careful of that, about that. He writes in our hearts His words of life and liberty that produce the testimony of His Son and what He did for us on Calvary's cross and that there's the only place to be saved, the only place to be delivered. This morning in writing in the book of Psalms commentary, I believe it's... Uh, uh, Psalms chapter 30 verse 1 where the psalmist says deliver me in your righteousness. Righteousness is who Jesus is and what he did on Calvary's cross. Uh, deliverance only takes place in righteousness. <laughs> deliverance only takes place in righteousness because in righteousness speaks of being in Christ through faith in his death on the cross. There were we declared righteous, saved, and delivered. If you need deliverance today from something, the enemy's attacking you in any way, form, or fashion, look back to Calvary. See it more clearly today than ever before that Jesus died for you and that you died with him and that you were buried with him and raised to newness of life in him. Hallelujah. Oh, 
hallelujah, just fight to keep your faith there and you'll be beholding the glory that you're being changed into by the Spirit of the Lord. This morning, let me say it starting out, that if we only have thoughts of the glory of something coming and oh, is it ever coming, oh, again, we'll have glorified bodies, we'll live in a glory, uh, uh, the land of glory, and, and, and we, we, it's going to be so good we, our minds can't fathom that. But if all we, if it's good to think of that. It's very good and encouraging and edifying to think of that. But if we only think of what's coming instead of what's here and now, what we have access to, we will have deprived ourselves of so very much. Our God is a right now God. Our Jesus is a right now Jesus. We have a right now spirit of truth comforter living within our hearts to guide us into all truth right now on this day. Hallelujah. We need to think about these things. With our Lord, it's always about what was, what is, and what will be. But don't live in what was, and you can't live in what will be, but you have to live where you are now. And I understand about we were on the cross being represented by Christ and we are seated at the right hand of our Father in heaven right now in our Jesus. But I also know that what's important to you and me is right now where we are because it will determine everything about our future. If we'll be there, if if. What, what rewards we'll have when we get there. If we're faithful with a little, we'll be made ruler over much. Now matters. If you'll remember, after Lazarus died, Jesus showed up and Martha ran and said, If you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And she, she looks back. And if, if you would have only looking back, if you could have only been here, I know that you wouldn't have let my brother die. She's looking back. And Jesus said, well, uh, he'll be raised in the resurrection. And, and she said, uh, or he'll be raised to life. I'm paraphrasing. And Martha said, I, I know about that which is coming. I know about the resurrection. And Jesus said, no, you're missing the picture of what is right now. I am the resurrection. Saints of God, don't miss out on the right now. What was Oh my goodness, if it was of God, it was good. What will be will only be better. What is right now is tremendously beautiful if you can see through the lens of Calvary. It's what you have access to right now. What you need to be looking at right now. This, this it, You have today. Today is the day of your salvation. We have a faith that is right now. Now faith is the substance. God forbid we live in some uh, gone, no longer existent yesterday or some tomorrow that's not here for us in experience. Yet what is in experience for you and me is today. So we need to have the Word of God enlightening every step of our way 
today. Hallelujah. So let's look at Revelation chapter 5. And we've learned, I'll tell you what, this message that we've been talking about on Sunday mornings for two or three Sundays and, and, and on Friday mornings a different view of the glory of God uh, has been overwhelmingly wonderful to me, so beautiful. And the Lord is showing us who He's been able to bring back to Calvary. And only then, those who become determined to know nothing else other than the way of the cross, to, to, to come into a fellowship of, of this like precious faith where we can be all of the same mind and all speaking the same thing, all striving together for the faith of the gospel, only in that place is He going to begin to show His people His covenant. Everybody else who's got the cross set on a shelf, He's not going to be able to show them what they need to see. It all comes through the cross. You put the cross in the past, my friend, and you're avoiding what Jesus told you to do, which was to take it up every day. If you're being told that your cross is your hardships, well, you're not going, you're not going to do very well in your hardships. If you're not being taught that denying self, taking up your cross, is, is fighting to keep your faith in the cross of Christ, then you're being taught wrong. See, faith in the cross of Christ is the only, the only place faith can be that self is denied. It's not really denying self, take up the cross. It's, it's reaching for the cross so self is denied. If, if the denial of myself doesn't result in me taking up the cross, then my self-denial is not biblical. I hope you're learning that. I hope you know that. Denying yourself of a snicker bar and a, a, a sh sugar in your sweet tea and all these things. I've heard so many flaked out stories from people who were supposedly some of the most spiritual in the local churches they're in. I've heard, I won't go into, I've heard stories told of people who, man, man, what, oh, what he did. It's so spiritual. It hadn't got any spiritual aspect to it, at least in the glorious look inside of it. It's all flesh and carnal what they think they're doing. But if they, if you Listen, if you want to deny yourself of snicker bars and sugar in your tea, go ahead for, for health reasons, but it ain't getting you nowhere with the Lord. Denying yourself of this or that ain't getting you nowhere with the Lord. The only self-denial that is God's way of self-denial is the way of taking up the cross. There and only there will you find the power to deny self. So if you put the cross in yesterday, you're in big trouble today. The cross is not for yesterday. It happened in a yesterday, but it's for today and every day. That's what Jesus taught because our problem every day is self. Self doesn't want us to behold the glory of the cross because when we do, we're taking it up and he's denied. I've been saying it. Let me say it again today. You can't stop self from saying what he says. You can't stop self from being present. But you can deny him. You can't run him off. You can't shut his mouth. But you can deny him only 
through taking up your cross. That's how scripturally that you're beholding the glory of God. It's been so wonderful to me to hear these things and, 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 and to be able to share these things by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's been so precious. If you've missed any of the Sunday morning services or the last two sessions on this teaching about the cross and the glory, I encourage you. Go back and listen, and I know you will if you want to know the truth. So Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says, now this is a scene the Lord has given uh, the apostle John, the revelator, to look into heaven and see what's coming. And really, in this fifth chapter is a scene about the future that you and I are going to be there involved in. I want you to sometime go read Revelation chapter 5. It's a picture of you and I being there one day and what's going on there. So remember that as we read this 12th verse because this is what's being sang in heaven, the song in heaven when we get there. Revelation 5 and 12 saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. This is the song we'll be singing. Let's back up and start in verse 9 because it's so beautiful. Don't, don't doubt for a moment this is not a picture of you being there one day singing this song. Watch in verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Remember when the seals begin to be broke out and loosed on the earth for the seven year horrible tribulation, you and I will be there singing songs. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. They sung a new song saying you are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for you were slain. Focus of Calvary. The focus of heaven. The focus of our hearts today. You were slain and has, you have redeemed us to God by your blood. That's what we're singing about in heaven when we get there, glory to God. That's what we're singing about now on our way there, praise be to God out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. This is the song we're singing. Have you ever realized that now we're singing about being in heaven? And when we get there, we're going to start singing about coming back to this earth to reign with our king. Hallelujah. Hey, we're the only reason, it ain't the only reason, but we're in a hurry to get out of here because this place is, oh, it, it is, a, man, the whole earth is groaning in its, as it awaits the manifestation of the children of God in their right positions as the righteous people of God 
in the earth. And, and, and listen, soon it's, we're singing songs about being in heaven with our Lord someday. And as soon as we get there, we break out a new song singing about coming back to this earth to reign with the one who was slain through his precious blood, redeeming us to God. We're coming back to this earth. We're singing a song. We're coming back to earth to reign as kings and priests with our Lord. Hallelujah. In verse 11, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, This is the angels and the beasts and the elders and the, in huge number. And they were saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Still, heaven's focus is the slain lamb. I hope you hear that today. Jesus taught when we pray, pray thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Oh, let our focus come back to the Lamb. Let our boast be in nothing but the Lamb. Let us open the Bible and preach the broken bread that the people of God might partake of it. There is no bread of life. God is offering outside of broken bread. Glory be to God. Oh, let our lives be here on earth as it is in heaven. Let's look at this again in verse 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive. <laughs> Jesus told Martha before he ever died and was buried and was resurrected that he is the resurrection. Before he ever went to the cross, he said, I am the resurrection. Know that, that Jesus is the power of God. He's the riches of God. He's the wisdom of God. He's the strength of God, the honor of God, the glory of God, and the blessing of God. He is all of that. He has always been all of that. He is all of that, and He will always be all of that. But He was slain. Listen, get this this morning. He was slain to receive, to distribute. He was slain to receive, to distribute. He became the door. He declared himself to be the door. He's the door to God. He's the door for God to get through to us. He's the door for us to get through to God. The only meeting place is Christ and Him crucified. He was always these things. But He had to be slain to receive these things, to distribute these things to those that will believe upon Him. And those who continue to believe upon Him will not only have these things in sound theological doctrine in their minds, but they will experience the power the riches, the wisdom, the strength, the honor, and the glory, and all the blessing that Jesus Christ is to them. Notice, catch those words. <coughs> he was slain to receive. 
He already was all those things. But he had to be in the experience. He had to carry out the work that the Bible declared was already finished from before the foundation of the world. You and I chosen in him from before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4 We also have to believe in him, walk in him. We also have to keep our faith, fight the good fight of faith, fight to lay hold on this eternal life that we have, fight to lay hold on this treasure of life we have in Christ Jesus. You have to fight not to stay in church. You have to fight not to get up and read your Bible every day. You have to fight the good fight of faith. You have to fight to maintain your faith in the death of Jesus. In the most apostate time the church age has ever experienced. Rarely will you find a preacher that opens his Bible and points you to Jesus Christ and Him crucified. They will admit it's the only way of salvation, but most will say it is not the way through this life, but yet it is. Hallelujah. They will tell you to buy books and change your habits and get involved in this scheme and that device. and It's all carnal. If it doesn't point to Calvary, it's all carnal. If it doesn't point to Calvary, the Word of God is not being held in its righteous context. If the Bible says God delivers us in His righteousness and He only can deliver through what He did in His Son at Calvary's cross, then we know all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. We can't say it enough. I'll carry it with me all the way into glory land one day. All of God's words are in righteousness. Uh, Proverbs 8 and 8. But His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Uh, that's Proverbs 12 and 17. But righteousness is only declared from the cross, only imparted through faith in the cross. Deliverance is involved in our daily experience if our faith is in the cross. What does faith in the cross mean? It means again today. It's not just sound theological doctrine that I can point out now why everything else is wrong. It's that which allows me, hear me very carefully my friends, it's the truth that allows me daily to participate in the death of Jesus, reckoning myself again today to be dead indeed unto the sin nature, crucified with Christ, hallelujah. You have to participate in the death to participate in the life. To the degree you participate by faith in the death, we're talking about what Jesus taught, denial of self taking up the cross to be able to follow the one who has received these riches and power, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing to mediate the benefits of the new covenant to you. You have to follow him. That mindset can't be, well, I'm following him to heaven. He went, I'm going to. No, step by step each and every day of our lives. The Bible says in Psalms 85 and 13 that righteousness 
shall go before him and shall set us in his steps. Yeah, we're walking in the steps of His righteousness, which is faith in what He did on Calvary's cross. Uh, Isaiah 32 and 17 says the work of righteousness is peace. Colossians 1 and 20 says He made our peace by the blood of His cross. So the work of righteousness and the work on the cross is one and the same thing. The work of righteousness is what Jesus provided in his death on the cross. Isaiah 32 and 17, that's the scripture. That's part of the scripture I just quoted to you. The work of righteousness is peace. That's what Jesus did at Calvary. The effect of righteousness, here comes the rest of Isaiah 32, 17. The effect righteousness has on God's people who keep their faith in the avenue of of righteousness, that being the cross, is quietness and assurance. Quietness of soul. No more chaos, no matter how stirred up the world is and fearful the world is. Quietness and assurance. Mm -mm. Not if you go in the closet and shut the door and exclude yourself from everything. No, right in the middle of the biggest storms of this life, quietness and assurance through which only a confidence can be granted. And that's what you and I need, confidence in our Lord. If our faith remains in Calvary's cross, then Jesus as the slain lamb dying to receive these things, one of them is our topic today, glory. He was slain to receive glory so that we could behold that glory and be changed into that same image. We will never be God. We will never be the Lamb of God. But we are the sheep of His pasture and He was as a lamb led to the slaughter. He is the chief shepherd and we look to Him, we follow in His footsteps and we are being conformed into His image. This has been a powerful, powerful illumination in my heart over the last few weeks. We are being conformed into the image of God's Son, Romans 8 and 29. This means, according to Philippians 3 and 10, Philippians 3 and 10, that we are being made conformable unto His death. Not, 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 no, we're not being conformed into the image of His resurrection. We've already been made a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, created in righteousness and true holiness, Ephesians 4.24. But we are now being made conformable unto His death. So see, we can all be on the same page. We no longer have to have different mindsets. God doesn't write different words in our hearts concerning the same thing. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not teaching you something different about the way of victory and teaching me a different way of victory. 
He can use any aspect of the words He has spoken because we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But for us to be mindful of the same thing and speaking the same thing means there's only one common denominator from Genesis through Revelation and that's the Lamb slain. That's what allows us to speak every scripture of the same mind, the same voice, the same reaching for the same thing. If the cross is the common denominator, then the walls we built between us, which were walls of division because of our lack of focus on the cross. We've made other objects more important than the cross. So what that they speak in tongues and they don't? Can we not gather in worship? Now I understand we won't be able to fellowship as the righteous people of God with unrighteousness. Those who believe that the way of the cross is not the way through this life, it was the way in and now everything's up to us, that is heresy. That's an abominational mindset. God's not writing that in the minds of His people. The Bible says <coughs> God is writing the things that pertain to the new covenant in the minds of His people. That's words of life and liberty. That's the truth that He guides us in. The truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. I hope you're getting that today. But I wanted to bring this out today. Before we move on, let's, 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 let's don't leave where we, were, where we were. I didn't really finish that. We're being conformed into the image of God's Son. These things you're hearing on this broadcast, you need to share... It's good that you hit the like button. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. The people you're praying for need to hear this. The people you're praying for need to hear this. We're being conformed into the image of God's Son through being made conformable unto His death. That doesn't just happen, my friend. That's a fight of faith to maintain that faith in the death of Jesus. That which you're being made conformable unto. And then we get to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 that tells us the veil's been removed from before our face. Now we see Jesus. Now we see and we behold the glory of the Lord as in a mirror, as in a a reflection of what God is now doing in our lives because of the cross. Now, now if, if we've already been told we're being conformed into the image of God's Son and that takes place by being made conformable unto His death, then 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that we're being changed into that same image, then that's got to be what we're looking at. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 it calls it beholding the glory. It's the place God glorified His Son, glorified His name, and the Son glorified His Father at Calvary. Everything's wrapped around Calvary. You move away from it. You put it only as some foundation and think you move on into other things. My friend, you move on into other things. It's not blood-stained. And you open God's Word and you point people anywhere other than the cross which should be done every service. Why? 
why in the world do we try to gather with groups of people that, that have all these new apostate terms such as be careful not to turn the preaching of the cross into a law, something God's already done, the law of the new covenant, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. They're singing about him as the slain lamb in heaven. And with wisdom of words, men come along because of their carnal, raging, fleshly desires to, to put the cross down. Why do people not, why do God's people not want to hear about the cross all the time? Is because it is the most humbling message you will ever hear. It is the only humbling place you will ever arrive at, and be humble. There is no humility found in the heart of man outside of faith in the cross through the denial of self. You, you, you're not going to... Humility in our hearts is the humility of Christ or it's not humility at all. Obedience in our hearts the obedience of Christ or it's not obedience at all. If we learn these things, we'd be better off. But the flesh will still rage because the flesh wants more people, more money, more fame. And it's such a dece deceitful, deceptive thing. It's a three-headed, I call it three-headed, deceitful, deceptive monster of carnal flesh, so evil and wicked, who will make us think we're in revival when it's nothing more than emotions and feelings, will make us think that he loves God when he only hates God. We need to know these things. Jesus was slain to receive glory. And through our faith in His sacrifice, not only do we hear the call unto glory. Do you know you've been called unto glory? Let me see. If I don't find it here this morning, 1 Thessalonians 2 and 12 is one of them, that you would walk worthy of God. We're being called to walk. That's, that, that's not a moment. That's moment by moment. That's step after step. And the Bible says, if you eat or if you drink or whatsoever you do, do unto the glory of God. You've come too late to tell me that you can be radical. Christianity is far more radical than we've ever made it. The, the radical view that Islam has... That's far more, they're far more radical and, 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 and involved and driven and, and, and obedient to their satanic oppression than most all Christians are. I want you to think about that. We're called unto glory and we're called to if we eat, drink, or whatsoever we do, do it unto the glory of of God. We think glorifying God for the most part is going to church on Sunday or reading a chapter in the morning. Man, it's 24-7. Whatever you do is to be done as unto the Lord is one scripture. Another one is unto the glory of God. Watch this now, 1 Thessalonians 2.12 that you would walk worthy of God. <laughs> what Our walk that proves more than us saying, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. A walk that's worthy, that shows God's worthiness. A, a life, a walk that 
proves God's good, acceptable, and perfect will is the walk that, that realizes they've been called unto His kingdom and glory. Did you get that? That's powerful. I'm looking for a scripture. You're just going to have to forget it to move on in what we've got today. But what I wanted to show you for the most part today is the avenue through which glory can be seen. You, you, we've done it for years. We've sat around and, Lord, let pour your glory out, reveal your glory. I've even read, listen, I've even read books by men. If I called their names, you'd know who they were because you've heard their names for years. Some of them are even called fathers of the faith, which is a bunch of bogus. Bible says Abraham's the father of faith. Hallelujah. Let's leave it with what the Bible says. But I even read a book years ago about a man who said they were having such powerful revival services that, that the, a purple haze came in under the door. A literal purple cloud came in. And they were all about just manifestations in the flesh. And all it was was in the flesh because they didn't understand faith. I'm not condemning them. There's, uh, listen, most of what's being taught today is ignorance today. It's a not knowing. But what I'm learning now about ignorance, um, ignorance is not always just being completely oblivious to something, but it could be knowing a little bit about it, but ignorant to how we're supposed to be participating in it. Kind of like what I taught Wednesday night when Paul told the church in Corinth, brothers, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. It wasn't that they weren't aware of spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit was moving in the congregation in Corinth. But what they were ignorant of was the source and the purpose. And that's the church today, even today, as far as how we're changed. See, we know how we're saved. If you're the true born-again, blood-bought church, then you know it's because you trusted in Christ's death on Calvary's cross for the forgiveness of your sins. If you don't know that, you're still not saved. But we know that as Christians, biblical Christians. But where we fail... Number one is to make the focus of our lives the focus of heaven when Jesus told us to do that. And the biggest error in the church is not realizing that the cross not only saved us, but it's our only way of deliverance daily that Jesus told we're in great need of daily denial of self because he's, you can't run him off, you can't shut his mouth. His mouth. I'm talking about that... <coughs> that which there's nothing good in you, that which rages, Galatians 5 and 17, against the Spirit, never will stop till you're with Jesus. Never going to stop, my friend. You can't shut his mouth. You can't run him off, but you can deny him. And you're going to have to learn to deny him through faith in the sacrifice of Christ if you're going to behold the glory. If you're beholding the glory of the Lord, which is Jesus, the brightness of God's glory, Hebrews 1 and 3, and what He did at Calvary to glorify His Father, and His Father glorified His own name in what His Son did at Calvary, if that's what you're beholding, <coughs> you're going to be being changed into that image. Remember, you're being made conformable to the image of Christ's death. You've been given resurrection. Most don't know this, never heard this, but I'm glad you're listening today. 
You received resurrection power so that you can live the crucified life. Mm. Present yourselves a living sacrifice. Glory be to God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Daily faith in the cross. We've been crucified with Christ, yet we live. But it's not us, it's Christ living in us now. And the life we live now in this flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Hallelujah. (laughs) What a powerful truth. The Lamb was slain to receive glory. (laughs) He was already slain before the foundation of the world, but he had to become a man and carry out the work that was already finished in the mind and the strategic layout, the plan of God. But Jesus had to come and carry it out. And you, my friend, though you've been chosen in Him from before the foundation of the world. Again, Ephesians 1.4, you have to walk worthy unto God. You've been called unto His kingdom and unto His glory. It's His glory. The Lamb was slain to receive glory. And let me say it again as we get near the end of this broadcast today. Jesus was already all these things. But He had to die. He had to be put to death to become the avenue of distribution. Koinonia is a, is a, is a word that we get that, that means fellowship. Our fellowship as Christians is in His suffering. Again, Philippians 3.10, that I may know Him. The power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, the, the power of His resurrection is in the fellowship of His suffering. It's not you going out and trying to suffer. It's not you denying yourself of a pillow on your bed or sugar in your tea or a candy bar this week. Uh-uh. Denial, biblical denial of self is the taking up of the cross. That's where self is denied and Christ is glorified. Every time self is not denied, Christ cannot be glorified. We glory in the Lord in experience. When self is denied, Christ is glorified. When self is not denied, self is glorified. That's why there's only glorying in self or the cross. There's not a third. There's not a third. We glory in the Lamb. We behold the Lamb. We look at what Jesus became for us on Calvary's cross. We see the the horror of what sin really looks like as we look to Calvary. You might say, oh, but I only see the love of God. You'll never see the love of God as you should, 
as you should and could until you see the horrors of what sin looks like. You can only love righteousness, which that was the work of righteousness. You can only love righteousness equally to your hatred for sin. So when you look to Calvary, there's multiple things you see when you look to Calvary. One of them is how God felt about sin and what it took for Him to be able to deal with sin. God Almighty becoming a man to endure hardships and suffering and being put to death on the cross. The ugly picture of what sin did, your sin, my sin, not just those who <clears throat> literally nailed him to the cross. He died for my sin and your sin hung him on the cross. Hallelujah. The picture of sin is displayed on Calvary's cross. But yes, we also see a love that abounds more than sin. A grace offered that's much more overpowering and overconquering over all sin. Hallelujah. God's mercies that flowed from that place that day and still flow, but only from that place. Only from that place. Not some preacher, not some church. Not holding the Bible in any avenue we want to. It can only be held in its righteous context. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We spend too much time, my friend, learning about things that have nothing to do with today. It's good to know what the Bible says about the rapture and the coming kingdom. Those are very encouraging things that we need to read and look into. But what's the most important is what we're doing with Jesus through faith in what He did for us on Calvary's cross. That's not, listen, Christianity is not a moment. You're saved from your sins in a moment. And the Lord's been dealing with me about this. It's not a new and living moment. It's a new and living way. Step by step, moment by moment. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, God says do it for His glory, unto His glory. And he can only be glorified through faith in the sacrifice. If what we're doing is by the leading of the Holy Spirit through faith in the sacrifice, he's glorified there. He's not glorified because, just because I go and do a good deed. I did good deeds based on men's thoughts of good deeds before I was born again. But you see, the way God sees, which is the only way that matters is that before a person's born again, even if they're doing what everyone in the community calls good, God sees it as evil because it protrudes only from an evil heart. Only from an evil heart. Until that heart is put to death and a new heart is created in Christ Jesus, it's all evil because it's only the flesh. It's only the flesh. And let me say this today, that there's only two avenues. We're either glorying in the cross, which means our faith is in Christ and what He there did, and we're receiving through that avenue alone all the things that Jesus died for us to have. They don't come to us just because Jesus died. They don't come in experience to us just because Jesus died and we were born again. They come to us in experience when 
our faith remains in that which Jesus did for us at Calvary. That, my friends, is the word of righteousness in experience. And that's when we move from the sound theological doctrine of the sincere milk of the word into the experience of moving on into the perfect work of the Holy Spirit where we begin now not only to know what's right, but we begin to experience what's right and that is being made conformable unto the image of Christ's death. And that happens as we behold the glory of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.18 I don't know what in the world we thought beholding the glory of the Lord was and being changed into that same image. I'm going to tell you what 99.9% .9 of the churches thought whatever they felt like thinking. A thousand different things. But because Scripture explains Scripture, rightly divide, meaning righteously bringing together, meaning no matter which way you slice it, cut it, it's bleeding red for the heart that's seeing properly, for the ear that's hearing properly. We can be seeing and hearing and receiving and have a name that we're alive, but really be dead. Read Revelation chapter 3. The, the, the call for repentance for the church in Sardis was to return to the place where they could hear and receive again. Oh my goodness, it appeared they had a name that they were alive. They had it going on, brother. But it wasn't God in the midst of it all doing it. It was for the most part their flesh. The Lord told them, there's a few among you who have not defiled their garments. That means who've not moved their faith from the sacrifice. But for the most part, everyone else was just functioning after the flesh and calling it a move of God. A move of God is a move of God. We use that phrase too generally and too lightly. A move of God is a move of the Holy Spirit as He reveals the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified to our hearts. Outside of that, we'll beg for revival and never have it. And when we think we have it, it'll only be the flesh glorying in what everybody else is glorying in. Oh, praise God for this great message of Christ and Him crucified. It has revealed to me the way of salvation, the way of sanctification, the way of presenting all that we say and do unto our God for His glory. It is the way that we learn to war and to present our uh, members of our body as weapons of righteousness in this world we live in. It is what reveals the truth. You move away from Calvary, you lose your eyes sight of truth and it causes us to change the truth of God into something only the flesh will glory and the flesh will never be spirit and the flesh will never be able to glory or desire to what the spirit glories in you need to understand that the flesh will never be spirit and it will never glory in what God's calling you to glory in which is what His Son did for you at Calvary. Jesus Christ was slain to receive glory so that your daily faith in that and that alone, beholding that glory, can change you into that same image going from glory to glory, view after view after view 
of your Savior and what He did for you at Calvary, provided for you there by the Spirit of the Lord. God richly bless your hearts. May He open more so the understanding of your hearts in the days ahead concerning Jesus Christ, His beloved only begotten Son, and His love for you through the giving of His Son for you on Calvary's cross. When He gave you and me, Jesus, He gave us everything. He is the door and the mediator of all that God offers to us, but it requires. God does not work in mysterious ways. He works and speaks by the way of His Son and His Son's cross. I hope you're learning that. It will never be the most popular thing. It will always be refuted by even most of what claims to be the church. But there is a few that will find this wonderful way of life. There is a few that will hear the cry of God today who is on the Lord's side. Oh, that we would behold His glory every day. I love you. God bless you. Tune in Sunday morning if you can at 10 a.m. for another live worship service here at Crossway Church. Don't forget about the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.